Welcome back, everybody, to Judging Nerd Culture. I'm Ollie. And I'm Jess. And we're here to talk about some uh, more nostalgia fuel, except this time, it's yours. Yeah. Um, I remember playing this game before middle school. Like, it was... <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those games that you think about, and it just brings back a lot of childhood memories. Um, you know how sometimes there's a movie or a video game that's connected to a lot of those memories, and it's really nostalgic and you really want to play it again because you remember it being so good and then you replay it and it's really bad that's most of the things <laughs> that's most of nostalgia period well this is not one of them oh okay this is one that is connected to a lot of like nostalgic feelings but is also really good still <laughs> uh you know i want to like be be goofy and jest and say it's probably trash as well, except I've played it multiple times, and it's not. It's good. <laughs> it's it's just it's good. It it's, just is good. Yeah, it's damn good. It's good stuff. Uh, but not beating around the bush, we are here to talk about Jack and Daxter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, I've like I mentioned, I've played this a few times here and there. I've definitely beat all three of the games, just the three, because the other ones don't exist, or at least they shouldn't. <laughs> and... Uh, I found I, I had a great old time, but you, you have taken things a little farther. I don't think I've ever a hundred percented a single game ever, but you've hundred percented multiples of these games beyond a hundred percent even, yeah. which I didn't know was a thing. A hundred and one percent on Jack one. Yeah. Jack and Dexter one. Wow. Uh, is that like a built in or is that like an accidental thing? I don't even understand. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe it was like, you've played this game so many times. We're just going to. Give you one more point. Maybe so. I know that in, um, what is it? Castlevania, the old one. Um, Castlevania, Cynthia of the Night. That's the one. You can get 200% complete because there's two different maps. And it's like, ah, you beat the first map. That's 100%. Here's the second map. That's another 100%. I don't think they knew what, what percentages actually were, but that's not <laughs> really the point. Are you a completionist? Do no. You like, do you like getting that 100%? I mean, I don't, I've never done it in any game that I can think of. The mm. closest I've gotten to a completionist game is Mass Effect, and that isn't a completionist <laughs> game. You can't really get everything and do everything. I just played it enough times that I've gotten the perfect ending for exactly what I want. <laughs> That's about it. Well, I don't know. I like collecting things, I guess, because I, I don't like leaving things undone, mm -hmm. I guess. Which, I mean, that is, like, the epitome of, like, older, early 2000s video games. The the Spyro and the Crash Bandicoot and the Jack and Daxter, Sly Cooper, all of it is just this big collect-a-thon of uh, nonsense while you do other stuff in the background. <laughs> so, do you want to just start talking about it? Yeah. Uh, so, I know you've been doing some, like, actual research into it because... Well, uh, <laughs> it's, um, weirdly enough, been a while since I've played it. Normally, I play it at least <laughs> once a month, or at least. once every few months. Yeah, it's been um, almost half a year since the last time you played Jack and Daxter. <laughs> half a year. So, I had to recap a little. So, I went on YouTube um, to find some sort of recap of the three video games. Um, and I found just a lot of, like, people playing through it in six hours or, like, talking about things that they thought about it or whatever but this one this is this video is by 
Zackety, Ackety. I don't, I'm not sure. It starts with an X. X-A-C-K-A-D-E-E. But We'll put links and stuff in the description and yeah. throw up their <laughs> YouTube thing was, right here. It was really helpful, and he's kind of funny, uh, so it wasn't boring to watch. It was 30 minutes long, and I did watch it because I just really liked the Jack and Dexter, and some of the stuff I was like, oh, I didn't realize that. Okay. Um, but... I don't think we're going to go into super hardcore detailed stuff about it. Um, if you want to know anything about the plot that maybe we don't talk about or we don't get to, you should look this video up and uh, and watch it if you're interested. Or just play the game. Just play the game. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah. So. So Jack won. Yes, that's the one before he got his voice, while he yeah. was still a silent protagonist. He's the classic silent protagonist. Yes. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I, I, you know the funny thing is? I played two and three long before I played number one. Which is wild. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I went to Blockbuster, you know, that thing that still exists. Isn't there, like, one left in, like, there, Alaska? There's literally one blo <laughs> Blockbuster left that hasn't been torn down. I remember going to Blockbuster with my mom and dad and loving, like, running around the aisles looking for the, gems. Just the right game. Yeah. Oh, man. I, <laughs> it, it, I think we're showing our age with even saying that we went to Blockbuster. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I was little. I was probably, like, seven. I don't know how old I was. I think I made it into my early teens at best. Yeah, I was probably I probably made it to like twelve or something. Yeah, I think I made it thirteen it was or so. The first time I played Blood Rain. Ooh. Mm, the first one. First one or second one? I don't know. The one that's <laughs> not bad. It's a good one. Um but yeah, in in, in the halls of uh of Blockbuster, I was just remember winding my way through all of the different games, all all of the PS two games that I could play and all the Xbox three one or original xbox <laughs> that's a dumb naming system and fuck anyone who disagrees with me <laughs> i'm trying not to swear <laughs> so i might bleep that out i don't know but i i remember you know walking around and seeing everything i remember seeing some dumb uh video game for like playboy it was like a playboy pinball and the higher your score the more of the girl was shown or something like that some sort of puzzle game but I also remember just finding, huh, Jack and Dexter 2, and looking around for number one, and it was gone. I was like... Because it's the best. <laughs> and I just figured, ah, who cares? I'm just going to take this one and play instead. And I loved it. Immediately. <laughs> uh, to be honest, when I first started playing it, it sort of reminded me of, like, a more cartoony Grand Theft Auto because of the tiny little map that I had. That was, like, the first the, time I... The map and the cars, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't think... If you go straight into number two, you don't have to necessarily have had played number one. There might be a little confusion, especially at the end, but... Yeah, I mean, I, I like I said, I didn't play number one for a while, and I had an idea that, like, once everything started, that, like, uh, these characters know each other, and that's from number one, and I, if I want to know their relationship to each other, I should play that or something. Mm -hmm. But it, it's pretty well contained. Like, it's pretty quickly just, like... Hey, this is what's going on here. Something bad happened to this guy. You guys like these guys. You guys hate these guys. Go forth and succeed. <laughs> uh, but uh, number one is honestly really different from the from the later two. 
because number one has I don't know a more childish feel to it yeah I, I think it probably started off more as a preteen sort of thing like it was probably aimed for more like 13 14 year olds mm-hmm. which yeah. i was when i played it so i guess it but worked. an e for everyone back yeah. in the first version but uh yeah because like in the first one you don't have the weaponry that you have in the other two mm-hmm. you just go around and punch things or spin kick or whatever you eventually get um powers but yeah. not only if you pick up eco which is actually a really cool part of the game where it's like there's different zones of this world and you have to go to each one each one has a different kind of eco in it mm-hmm. which is just energy that floats yeah, around so there's at first there's green eco which to me looks yellow <laughs> but it's what heals you and you can use it sometimes to shoot out of your hands um and there's blue eco which is basically electricity it makes you run faster you can open doors with it um and eventually there's more there's white eco that you use at the end of the game to defeat the boss but yeah off the top of my head i don't think there's any more egos so there's black eco in the first one yeah dark, or dark ego yeah because yeah, uh that's but you what don't ha- use it in the first one because no. it can kill you <laughs> yeah you just accidentally throw your friend in there yeah so <laughs> we skipped by the the whole talking about the plot stuff um yeah. which is mildly interesting um the gameplay is really fun but the main point of the game is you're this silent protagonist, Jack, um, living in this mystical little cute town. Yeah. Um, Very pretty. I would love to live there. You're not human. It says that Jack is human on the interwebs, <laughs> but he's definitely not human. They're like elf, furry elf people. They're not furry. They're hairier than us. They just have a lot of hair on their head, I guess. I don't know. I, I always thought the texture made it look like they were furry. <clears throat> But maybe I'm just insane. There's something wrong with your eyes. Okay. Um, but the silent dude with, I don't know, flaming yellow hair. Yeah, he has, he has full, like, shonen protagonist <laughs> He's hair. Like, like, like troll. <laughs> yeah. Like the troll hair. He looks like he could be the main character of a Yu-Gi-Oh! <laughs> movie show. <laughs> oh, I wish. Crossover. Um, uh. but you're, you have been raised by the green sage, um, who is just some old guy who floats around with a log in his hair. Um, (laughs) And his daughter, Kira, who's just like this cool mechanic chick who likes to make things. Um, Who is later on like your love interest, sort of. He's basically your Yoda and she's your Leia, except you're not Luke, you're Han. Yeah. (laughs) Just a quiet one, a better one. Um, (laughs) Yes. So you go to Missy Island. Which you're not supposed to do. Grandpa told you not to. <laughs> don't go. Grandpa Loghead said don't go. Yeah, but you go anyway. You're this quiet, you know, mysterious jock-looking kid. And your friend is this extremely dorky, annoying... Ugh, <laughs> Daxter. Yeah, you gotta help me here. I'm assuming it isn't because the fact that it is more of a younger audience for number one. But uh, in number two and three... I remember them better than I do number one because I only think I played it once, to be honest. Uh, is Daxter as horny a number one as he is at number two and three? I don't think so. Um, he is. He does try to flirt and get Kira a few times, but she's like, no, you're furry and small. That's gross. And, like, that ends that. 
Um, mm. but and nothing it, before he got transformed. <laughs> yeah. Um, but in number two and three, those are less aimed toward like twelve year olds mm-hmm. and more aimed towards like sixteen and up. So mm-hmm. I think it is rated T. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you go to this misty island, you beat up some uh, lurkers, which just look like really hairy purple gorillas with like <sighs> their bodies are gorilla like. But their, but their heads face are, like, are like big, right? Yeah, like frog almost looking. I don't Gross. know. They're cool. I like them. <laughs> you do. You can do a side mission there to get the muse, which is a cute little golden ferret looking thing. Um, <laughs> I always thought that the l- lurpers, loopers, or what, you, what were they called? Lurkers. Lurkers mm-hmm. were like kind of mindless monsters. And then in number three, you find out that they're like. Oh, you keep skipping around. I do keep skipping around. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's just things are actually really cool across the whole franchise. <laughs> and I'm excited. I know. I know. It's it's fun. It is a fun game. Um, but yeah, um, some shenanigans happen. You find some black eco. You throw it at a lurker because he's gonna attack you. And then Daxter ends up falling into the dark eco, and he pops out as an ocelot, which is a combination of an otter and a weasel. And a weasel, it's called the ocelot for some reason, because it's like the two animals mushed together. I thought um, an ocelot just was an animal. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> um, <laughs> if we find an ocelot on the internet, I'll put a picture up. Yeah. Whatever um, this might be. But he's really freaked out about that, doesn't like it. You go to the green station, yes. and he's like, well, of course you did this. I told you not to do it. Of course you did this thing. <laughs> um. So you go... Around the island, collecting eggs. Um, oh, Precursors. Precursor orbs. Yeah, mm-hmm. eggs, whatever. Precursor um, <laughs> <herbs. laughs> I said orbs. Um, and eventually you go to different um, sage houses. Mm-hmm. Um, the green sage is like, hey, there's... Um, oh, I forgot. I, the red sage. I don't remember his name. Um, but him and Mira, his companion of some sort um are supposed to be like the most powerful sages and like they can help daxter become human again human again um <laughs> but once you finally get to the red sage it turns out he had been experimenting with dark eco and now they both him and his companion are just full of evil and they want to just take control of everything and everyone um so you daxter's pretty bummed because <laughs> the only guy who can turn him back to normal is the bad guy now mm-hmm. so you go throughout the whole game going to different um locations in this world yeah different like, zones yeah you go to um off the top of my head i don't remember the names of each place but there's like one place is really rainy and swampy and then you've got the volcano you've got icy mountain I, then you've got, like, caves and spiders, which I really don't like that level. But, um, but yeah. So, yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, like, each one of them has, like, uh, like platforming puzzles that are basically, <laughs> like, built around the kind of eco there. So some of them you have to get the blue eco and go, like, zippity-doo-dah fast between these things. Yeah. And, it was really fun. Yeah. Uh, I think the, the red eco, which I'm pretty sure was orange let you shoot somehow i think that's the one that lets you shoot it's possible it's, it's probable that's it 
Um, I have to say that sometimes when I'm playing the game, I don't pay a lot of attention to like everything that's going on because I just want to play the game. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I end up either running right through it because I know everything about it. Like I know what I have to do to finish the level. Yeah, like you've played it so many times that at this point, it's been a really long time since you actually w- like slowed down and read all of the d- dialogue yeah. and all the text. Yeah, it's been a long time since I've actually like listened and paid attention to the plot. <laughs> um, but that's basically number one. Um, yeah. You're at the end. You find out, or at the beginning, when you first go to the Red Sage, um, Green Sage gets kidnapped, and you're freaking out. It's only the three of you now, Kira. Jack and Daxter, and at the end, you have to rescue all the sages, blue sage, green sage, purple sage, whatever sage, um, and then you beat the boss. Mm-hmm. You use the white, um, eco, eco, the white eco to beat the boss, even though it's the only way Daxter can become human again. He's, like, kind of disappointed about it, but he's also like, I don't want the world to end, so... I mean, you gotta appreciate Daxter has his priorities. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, after you beat him, don't you, like, hang out with Korra and everyone and, like, put together some sort of portal to the universe or something? Yeah. Um, once you defeat Red Sage and his girlfriend, companion, daughter, whoever. Ooh, two of those are very bad. Well, I'm just not sure who that, who she is. I'm not sure if she's his daughter or if she's his companion. Like I said, <laughs> I haven't paid super close attention to the plot in a long, 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 long time. Fair um, enough, fair enough. But a portal or a door opens on top of this tower that you're on, and it's a portal, yeah. Um, I don't remember what they call it, um, but Kira figures out that it, works you can go to different universes or time space shenanigans in it but while they're messing around with it the metalheads come out um which are the sworn enemy to the precursors who or i think that's what they're called um who are kind of like the gods of jack um they are the ones who have made all of these, like, magical things and all this, like, tech that they have. Yeah, like, the people, who, the ancient civilization that existed before, so long ago, mm-hmm. that te- their stuff was somehow better than the current stuff. That's yeah. That's always a pretty fun little trope. <laughs> but, um, you're thrown into this portal, and you wake up in Jack and Dexter too. Yeah, and, uh, Mm-mm. there's a real big shift. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's not rated E for everyone anymore. No. It's rated, it's rated E for edgy. <laughs> it really is. It gets so edgy. Jack even grows a goatee. Yeah, he has a goatee. He's all gruff and, like, angsty. I'm pretty sure he wears leather. He's actually got a voice, and it's, like, really, like, oh. Yeah. yeah. Not a little less deep than that, but, like, oh, I'm Jack. I'm gonna rough and tough. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Daxter is actually, like... I don't know. He's like comedic relief, but he's also like this weird. He's a like, slimy little sexual... horny. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like he's slimy and he's horny and he's unnecessarily 
like animalized because of his weird thing. So it's mm-hmm. super weird. And I love so, it. Obviously, it's really funny. <laughs> there are so many... If you go into the world of Jack and Daxter fandom, there are a lot of OCs of people um, making this, themselves into an ocelot or into the type of creature Daxter is. Jack is? Daxter. Okay. That, okay. I mean, yeah, sure, probably Jack too, but... Just a lot of furries out there wanting to be a tiny little weasel man. And they're actually kind of cool. Some of the art is really good. Um, some of it, I don't want to think about. <laughs> well, I mean, that's the internet for you. For every nugget of goodness, there's just a pool of bad. A pool of bad. A pool of sadness. <laughs> um, so, yeah, you've been... Once you were through this portal... You were captured by uh, General Praxis. General? I think it's General. Uh, General or Colonel? Anyway, Praxis. (laughs) He's this bad guy who's taken over this city that you're in. You don't know anything about. Um, I don't remember the name of the city. (laughs) Of course. New Haven? Uh, Yeah, Haven. New Haven. Haven. I think it's just Haven. I think it's Haven. And then in number three, I think it's New Haven. A different. Yeah, probably. But, um... He's been doing experiments on you. Um, so this is one of the things I learned from the video. I thought he was just torturing him, but apparently Praxis was torturing him. But also filling him with dark ego because he had been trying to make like super soldiers. And Jack was like the only successful soldier that he created. Um, he didn't realize he was a successful experiment until he escaped. <laughs> but... Um, yeah, apparently he was trying to make super soldiers. Yeah, that's why Jack has his whole Dark Jack mode. Yeah. I thought it was just he had the Dark Jack mode because he was filled with angst and dark ego. <laughs> <laughs> you thought he was so, so angsty, just created evil. Yeah, evil exactly. Jack. Yeah. Um, but Daxter finds you, saves you, you escape that little high-tech prison thing, and you're met with Core, I believe. Core, this old wizard Merlin-looking guy. And this little kid, um, wearing a, like, a precursor-looking necklace and, like, a beanie. (laughs) (laughs) And some goggles around Mm -hmm. his neck. I think he's wearing goggles. Yes? I'm not sure. A lot of 90s, early 2000s video games, their characters had goggles on them somewhere. (laughs) Somehow, for some (laughs) reason. Yeah, this is, this definitely takes a lot of, like, visual aesthetic from those, from those 90s-style cartoons and Mm -hmm. TV shows or whatever else. Like... Everything looks grungy as heck, and everyone looks cool. Like, I like it, but I'm also a product of the 90s. Yeah. So, like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so, this meeting, at first, you think it's coincidental, but in reality, Cor wanted this to happen. Um, he tells you that the kid is a descendant of Mar, who I guess was a really good friend of the Precursors, and who had previously been, um, in control of Haven, but once he died, his, um, protege or whatever was kicked out, and Praxis took over. One second. Uh, prodigy. Protege is, like, student. Just a small thing. (sighs) People say it both ways. I mean, they're two different words. Okay, then what, what, what are the differences? Uh, protege, quick, quick English lesson. Here. Protégé, uh, with, I'm pretty sure it was with a T, uh, is your student, your, your 
your apprentice. Your prodigy is your children. See, I think it's the second one. Prodigy. Yeah. Cool. So, Got it. <laughs> so, Mar, he was, like, you know, this super... He was basically, like, um, if... If Mar was Odin, then his son was, you know, Thor. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Mar dies and leaves Thor... His kid, we don't know who he is. We he's, don't know his name. We don't know anything about him. Yeah, he's just like the prince or yeah, whatever. We just knew know that he was thrown out um, and Praxis took over. Uh, he wants you to help him with his kid, protect him, get him somewhere safe. Um, Maybe lead an uprising? Yeah. and Well, you are connected after that with um, the uprising, with um, the underground <laughs> people who are run by the shadow. Who you don't know who that is yet. Yet. Um, I don't remember anyone's name, even though I just watched a recap video. <laughs> um, but you meet Tattoo, Anxy, Biker Boy, um, who runs the underground. Yeah. With his equally angsty tattoo girlfriend. Yeah, and Ashlyn. I don't remember his name though. And there, there's this weird dynamic where like. She's kind of into you, and Jack's kind of into her. And yeah, but, like... Then, like, there's tension between him and the other guy, and it's yeah. like... because you know, obviously, her and the other guy have... Have... Have been. They have <laughs> relations of some kind. Yeah. And, uh, it's really weird, and, like, I'm not against it. Like, the, the romance in Jack and Daxter... I keep using air quotes, but, like, these are very loose terms. <laughs> but the romance in Jack and Daxter just kind of, like... It happens in the background. Yeah, they... Um, Jack and Kira almost kiss, like, three times. <laughs> Actually, like, yeah. They almost kiss at the end of number one. They almost kiss at, num at the end of number two. Almost kiss at the end of number three. And actually do kiss in, what is it, a Jack X? The racing car game? Really? That's yeah. the one? That's the one. <laughs> <laughs> so if you want to see them kiss, you have to play the racing one. Um, which surprisingly does have, like, an actual plot. Not heavy. It's really not complicated plot. We'll get there. We'll get there. Uh, but no, I, I remember. I remember this because like the the actual map layout of Haven is really twisted and convoluted. It's so complicated. <laughs> so like I remember having these little like chase sequences where I would get chased by the cops because that's something you do in this game is avoid the cops because you're part of the revolution and like trying to get to the base so i could walk inside and lose all of the cops who are chasing me and just not like the green dot is right there and i can't figure out how the hell i'm supposed to get <laughs> over there she's like that's a wall that's a wall everywhere's a freaking wall <laughs> it was or you're going in circles yeah and the worst part is there's sometimes like not sewer levels but like underground levels or like there's three-dimensionality to it. It's not yeah, just... Yeah, like, there's a... There's a normal, regular road, and there's, like, a highway. It's, yeah. like, above it. Mm -hmm. So... So, yeah, the, it was always just a bit much. But eventually, you get, a, you get used to it, and you're, like, I don't know, the 17th hour of the game. You're like, oh, I know, how, I know where I'm going now. <laughs> and driving around in those cars, they're, like, hover cars, so you can either drive on the ground or up in the sky, which is also where all the traffic is. Um, and I would always want to drive on the ground because it was faster. You weren't bumping into other cars, but you were also bumping into humans or humans, whatever, yeah. elves. Um, <laughs> which you could just kill them. Like they're civilians and you could straight yeah. road murder and them. And if you murdered them, the cops would come after you. 
It was Grand Theft Auto. I swear to God. <laughs> it was Fantasy a Fantasy slightly... Grand Theft Auto. Yeah. Um, GTA 6, 7, 7, 8, 9. I don't know what number they're on. Um, but yeah, you go on some missions for them um, so that you can get your revenge on Praxis. Um, you meet Kira. She turns out to be a mechanic for the underground uprising who she's working on, like, the hoverboards and stuff. And you're like, oh, hey, I know you. And she's like, oh, hey, Jack, I've been working on a way to get us out of here. I'm glad you were able to find me because I wasn't looking for you. <laughs> no, she was not. <laughs> hey, hey, she had to figure out a way to survive in this world, okay? That's true. That's true. Um, this, this is also when you get your hoverboard. Which is really fun. Oh, it's... It's so slow, though. <laughs> Very slow, unless you do neat tricks. That's true. That's true. It's still, like, it's fun, but it is honestly just not worth the time <laughs> to try and get from place to place using it. It's not effective. Mm -hmm. It's just nice and fun. Yeah. You can jump on people's heads with it, though, which is also fun. <laughs> the You know, like, despite the fact that, again, I think the fourth time I've said it, it's fun. I never really enjoyed the, the skate levels. Where you had to do, you had to just become, uh, I don't know, Tony Hawk Pro Skater 4 for a minute <laughs> and do some well, neat tricks and get some scores for whatever because I was never good at it. Yeah, but that was so that you could, at first it was so you could train so you knew how to use the, like a tutorial to use the hoverboard. And then it was like, hey, show me that you're actually good enough at this to let me give it to you. Yeah, so. but the thing is, I wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, after that, you, shortly after that, you meet up with this old lady who lives in a tent in the middle of a merchant zone. Um, um, I don't know her name. Madam something? But I know Pecker. He's the, the parrot, parrot monkey. monkey. Um, that was a There's, there's a name for it in game, but I don't remember. I'm going to say that a lot. <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> um... But no. he's really annoying. Oh, yeah, he's the worst. He's, like, the sh just the crappiest version of Iago to ever exist. He basically is, yeah. <laughs> and he's the mouthpiece for Madame Zeroni. That's not her name, but that's the, <laughs> the one that comes to <laughs> we mind. We call her that a lot, though, even when we're playing the game. Um. Uh, but, yeah, he's, like, the mouthpiece because she can't talk. She just has these, like, whited-out eyes. Mm -hmm. and She's very mystical. Summons Very, and... like, um, uh... Voodoo? No, I'm going to say a word that's very outdated. Um, I'm trying to use the other one. Romani? Romani? Ro Rom yeah. Romani? Ro <laughs> Roman? <laughs> Not Roman. <laughs> no. Romani. Uh, Romani, yeah. I was gonna, that was in my head. I was going to say it, but I was like, that sounds wrong. <laughs> that's Roman. That <laughs> <laughs> doesn't sound right. But I uh, guess it was. Yeah, like it, it's definitely that, uh, that old, uh, that aesthetic, that mm -hmm. style, which is a bit outdated nowadays, but it still was a very interesting visual aesthetic and and also plays into that whole voodoo style of mm -hmm. like priest lady who can see the future and blah 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 connect to the universe mm -hmm. yeah uh, uh she was nice hated her entire shtick because it was just a rhythm game i think those are fun i hate rhythm games so much <laughs> they're fun i like them but um pecker comes along with you once in a while yeah um, i could do without that too yeah um, but he's useful, I guess. He tells you what you need to know. Um, you also meet... Oh, Jesus. Big fat guy on a little 
spring car. Somehow a grosser, more like perverted version of Jabba the Hutt. Yeah, I don't remember his name, but he owns this bar that Tess works at. And she's undercover. I think that's how you meet him. Um, but he knows a lot of um, underground stuff. That's why you need him. Cause he mm. gives you information if you do a quest for him. Yep. Gets and, you to hook up with the guns, too. Yeah. And Tess is, like, his assistant. She works there with him. And she she's also a part of the uprising. And she weirdly likes Daxter. Yeah. She's, like, the like the trademark hot girl. Yeah. And she's just like, mm, this furry little weasel man. Well, L- literal <laughs> weasel man. <laughs> I think at first <laughs> she's just kind of like, oh, he's he's a cute little thing. Look at him trying to hit on me. But then by the end of the game, she's like into it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, there you know, it comes to a satisfying end for their <laughs> for their story arc yeah. with whatever revelations come up in number 3. So, you know, we'll, we'll worry about that later. But for now, it's just kind of a weird relationship. Yeah. Um, And then you've got <sighs> a lot of missions for them. I forgot. Um, Somewhere in there, you go on a mission and you meet Sig. Yeah. He's dope. He's just the biggest, blackest man with the biggest yeah. fucking gun. I he's, love him. He's from um the Wastelands. Mm-hmm. Um, he, yeah, he's just a big guy with a lot of armor, big guns. He knows what he's doing. He's basically got Samus's arm rifle, except it's just a gun. Yeah, basically. So cool. <laughs> uh, yeah, eventually you find out that Praxis was working with the metalheads um, to make the people in the town feel like they were, they were being protected by him. Like, hey, we'll give you this eco if you attack the town only a little bit enough mm-hmm. so that we can like fend you off and the people will be like oh praxis you're the best you know yeah he was stoking public fear so he could be elected again mm-hmm. sort of like people we know in real life yeah exactly um <laughs> <clears throat> so anyways uh one of the things i want to mention before we like finish off with the story of number two because we're getting pretty like that's pretty much the majority of it is just yeah we're almost there we're about halfway yeah i just wanted to mention that the the core gameplay of number two Mm -hmm. is still pretty similar to number one yeah there's less to do with all the different ecos because apparently all of them disappeared except dark eco somewhere along the line yeah um... some global warming shit happened (laughs) (laughs) well you have you have um your dark eco powers that you now have Mm -hmm. um there's a lot to do with that and now you have guns oh yeah and the guns are really cool. Uh, they start off, you know, real basic. One's a little shotgun, one's a little rapid-fire rifle, and one's, I don't know, like an electrical th- or like a super Gatling gun. Mm-hmm. And you can upgrade them and one do of my, things. <laughs> one of my favorite things to do was that Jack, he has this move in number all throughout the games where he can just spin around. Yeah. And my favorite thing to do if, like, I was being ganged up on was to jump spin around and shoot at the same time yeah and it was just like a shower of a ring of bullets it was nice yeah uh, one of the gun upgrades lets you just do that with like a with a shot that you shoot out it's just a circular ring that shoots that i would do that and then do it myself and it was just <laughs> it would be really effective very slow yeah i mean yours was faster but it was also helpful just like yeah. another ring of death i'm not much of a shotgun person in any game they're just mm-hmm. so slow. Like, they're super powerful. I get why you'd want to use one. But they're so slow. 
Oh, no, no. I meant the, the yellow one. It shoots a ring up and shoots in circles. Oh, yeah. I thought you were talking about the red one. Oh, no. Honestly, never use that. <laughs> <laughs> it takes too long to load, and it just kind of hurts things a little bit. Yeah. I, I like the one that you're talking about. Mm-hmm. It's like a turret, almost. Yeah. Yeah. Except it does the same thing you do when you spin and shoot. So mm-hmm. I would I would use that at the same time, and it was it was useful. Yeah. Uh, pro tips from <laughs> from <laughs> us here. Uh, yeah, that the main game in play is basically just you kept keep getting given, getting given. Yeah. Odd jobs to go out into the the, the badlands of this area where all of the decayed buildings are and all of the metalhead monsters are running around and eating things and people and monsters are everywhere and you shoot them kill them and find you know whatever your goal is and bring it back to whoever needs it it's basically a bunch of fetch quests except all of them actually involve something to do with the plot or you learn a little something about this and that it's it's convenient it's useful and it i think it's worked really well into the gameplay mm-hmm. um they put a lot of mini games in there too to balance it i think yeah and admittedly i'm not in love with the mini games, but that's because I'm bad at all of the mini games. <laughs> <laughs> Just never been my jam. Uh, rhythm games, god awful. So shoot, where are we? Okay. We had just um, met Big Fatso and Sig, and uh, I believe he's the one who, or Sid, Sig, Sig. Yeah, and he's the one who kind of is in charge of the gun range. Yeah. Um. So. You've met all these people. You've been doing all these missions. Praxis is the bad guy. Um, you eventually beat him up and kill him. Well, you you don't kill him. You beat him up, and then you leave, and you go to. It's not like the sewer. It's just outside of the city, and you see the hut from number one that the green sage used to live in, and. Jack and the player, I guess, realize that, hey, I'm in the future. This is the future of the little village from number one, but the metalheads have taken over. Mm-hmm. This is what happened. Yeah. And uh, the 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 whole revelation of, ah, uh, it's the future or whatever, is weirdly, like, concealed. They make it seem like maybe this is a different world or super far into the past. Mm-hmm. or any of those things because uh when you you know go to the underground and meet the shadow yeah it's mm. the green sage except for young him yeah so they make it seem like oh way long in the past everything was different everything was futuristic in the past what's yeah. happening and yeah. somehow the sage doesn't rem- like remember things or... i was yeah i remember being super confused about that when i was little and then just not paying attention to the plot because I was like, <laughs> okay, I don't understand this. I'm 12 and I just want to play the game. Um, and then later on, I was like, oh, this is actually kind of interesting. <laughs> yeah. No, weirdly, weirdly ambitious time travel storyline. Yeah. It's it's surprising. But yeah, it, for the longest time, it's like, ah, this is the, the weird futuristic past and something happens to the sage to make him forget things and blah, blah, yeah, blah. Yeah, it, it was very weird. And then you find out, it's not the past, it's the super future. Yeah. And the sage um, is from the future? Yeah. So, after you beat up Praxis, you, like, have to go to this, I don't know, highly dangerous motorcycle race game. And Praxis, his, like, right-hand guy, 
is has been like your enemy throughout the whole thing. Like he really hates you. Yeah, and like you end up facing him in the race. Yeah, he's been your Zuko for a while, but not the good kind that's like redeemable. Just the kind as a prick. Yeah, like, <laughs> and then you race. He gets blown up because he gets mad at you and drives into a pile of dark ego. Yep, yeah. that's its own fault. And then you, I forget how, but you end up meeting up with Kor again, the old Merlin wizard man, and um, he gets really mad and he's like, he's betrayed you because it turns out he is actually the leader of the Muddleheads. Mm-hmm. And he turns into this giant, I don't even know, a metalhead. I wouldn't even know how to describe it to people who haven't seen it. Yeah, uh, I wish I could help, but I don't remember any of this. <laughs> I, I only remember because I watched the recap. <laughs> my memory goes as far back as uh, everything having to do with like the underground and getting to the, the fight with uh, the other guy and the explosion of what's-his-face. Yeah. And then I'm like, uh, yeah, there's more. I remember that guy being bad, but I don't remember the, the rest yeah, of this. Uh, well, well, he he's the one who finally kills Praxis. Then you kill him, or at least you fend him off. And then you have to go beat up the big fat man because Praxis was looking for the precursor egg, mm-hmm. which there was a precursor inside of it. Oh. Yes. So he wanted that because he thought it would get rid of the metalheads once and for all and give him power. So you beat up the big guy um, because he has also betrayed you. He planted a bomb. On top of the egg, I believe. While you're with the, the Green Sage and the young kid, uh, you find an older version of the Green Sage. The Green Sage you remember, the one who remembers you. Yeah. And you realize, ah, this is the time shenanigans that were going on. I think you actually meet him in the, the, dilapidated, the dilapidated, uh house that you find in the, in the bad area. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's what gives away the whole time travel shtick. And... Near the end of the story, the Green Sage, the older Green Sage, reveals, I believe he's the one that reveals it because he, you know, lived through it already, that the the kid, the prince, the Mao's, Mao? Mar. Mar's uh, prodigy. It, it's not Mar's kid. It's like Mar's grandson. Okay. Yeah, his grandson, the, the kid you've been protecting, it's been Jack the whole time. Ugh. Baby Jack. You know, you, you take should... off his little beanie and it's weirdly <laughs> yellow, spiky hair. Once that all happens and once uh, all of the betrayals and shenanigans occurs, you fight this big metalhead final boss, finish him, and uh, another portal opens up. And you, the older sage, and I believe your love interest girl are there and basically deciding, ah, this is what we're supposed to do. Yeah. We have to send this kid... And young Green Sage back in time. So forward, this, back in time. Back in time. So this whole thing can happen again. And we mm-hmm. can be here. <laughs> we can be here when we're supposed to be, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is freaking hilarious. Like, the I've, I'm not a big fan of time travel plots and shticks. They're usually kind of bad. But this was actually pretty good. And it was pretty funny because, like, it was kind of unexpected. They did a pretty decent job with it. They did a lot of red herrings regarding, like, which direction the time travel goes in. And then at the end of it, it's like, oh, all you have to do to save the world, more or less, is just keep the time loop stable. He's got to keep doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. I, I dug it. I dig it. I, I was a big fan. 
Um, and then you just go live in Haven City. Yeah, for a little bit. For a little while. <laughs> until the third game, where they have to blame this stuff on someone, so they blame it on Jack. Yeah. Well, to be fair, with all the betrayals and all the explosions, you I believe he did let in all the metalheads, like, unintentionally. Like, yeah. due to his fighting, the invasion of the metalheads occurred, and a bunch of people died. So they're like, Jack, we love you, man. You saved, you know, us from a dictator. But also, you got a bunch of people killed. Bye. Yeah. Um. So Ashlyn, who you find out earlier, is Praxis's daughter, has taken over. Um. And she's like, oh, I'm really sorry. I don't really have a... A hand in this. I can't yeah. do anything about it. Unlu- un- unfortunate for you. Lucky for the city, but unfortunate for you. She's a lot less dictatory and more democracy style. Mm-hmm. So you're yeah. you're crap out of luck. You get thrown out into the wasteland, and she gives you this beacon or whatever mm-hmm. um, that you push. And Damus, I think. I think that's right. Uh, Damus comes and gets you, and he's the uh, ruler of this wasteland village city town um of people who have been um outcast from haven yeah and they're all real dope looking mm-hmm. they all look like they ca- they all do carry massive guns yeah, very mad max almost yeah and uh they all look a lot like sig regarding his armor mm-hmm. they all have that same armor that looks like it's made from the bits and pieces of metalhead bones mm-hmm. it's really cool yeah um, to prove yourself, he puts you into, like, this arena, and, uh, you have to beat up all these guys, and this is basically, like, a tutorial for this area, yeah. and the new weapons and stuff that they have. It, it's more, honestly, like a refresher, like, hey, mm-hmm. it's been, like, two years since we put out a game, here's all the buttons, here's the things you have to do, and this is how you fight. Mm-hmm. Alright, cool, let's get back to the game. Yeah. <laughs> That's basically what it was. <laughs> yeah. Also, somehow, uh, Monkey Iago has followed you to this place. I don't remember... Spargus? Spargus. Spargus? Yeah. Spargus is the name of the place. Oh, okay. Honestly, I don't think I ever knew that. Uh, but yeah, you're, you're, once you're in Spargus, once you complete these uh, this trial or whatever, you get given citizenship so you can come and go and do what you need to do in the city. And uh, that mostly consists of doing odd jobs and going out into the wasteland and uh, so lowly collecting your life and putting yourself back together. Because, like, the beginning of this game doesn't start off with you woke up and now you're angry and you have this internalized, like, desire to do a quest to get your revenge. It's more just like, well, I'm I'm the hero uh, and now I got kicked out. I guess I just got to... Survive. Survive now. Yeah. So it's a lot more like aimless and a lot more of what's going on. And as you go through all of the the side quests and all of the, ah, go here, do this. Oh, you want to learn how to drive? Let's learn how to drive and fight these massive monsters with these big turret guns on these interesting vehicles. You start realizing that there's more of a mystery. Like you start finding like ruins to the precursors and this weird cult of monks that are all about the precursors and their whatever else and some other race of like evil precursors or something yeah um so you go to a temple a precursor temple and an oracle comes to you who is just like this bright light of um an elf 
I'm, I'm calling them elves. They're elves. Um, and it tells you they're going to give you this um, light eco to balance your darkness. <laughs> and then it also gives you some powers, like you can fly and stuff sometimes. Yeah, you can grow, um, w- w- you got, get all white just like them and grow wings and stuff. Mm-hmm. It was really cool. Yeah, that's only if you're like completely full of it though, I think. Um, you know what I mean. <laughs> um, you can slow time, heal, you have a shield ability, um, but they, this precursor tells you that it believes you are the last hope for civilization. Um. Yet again. So, da 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 I'm loving it. Ashlyn comes along and she's like, hey, I want you to come back. Mm-hmm. We need your help. Yep, more weird political th- things are happening, and more metalhead nonsense, and bad things are happening to the town. And damn it, we need our hero that we have shunned. Yeah, um, because Count Vigor, whatever, um, he is just like one of the people in the town council of Haven. Um, he the has new some legislation. Not so great plans for Jack's friends, and he's like. Maybe, maybe I I will show up. Okay. Yeah. I don't <laughs> I don't want along. my pals to be murdered. Yeah. Also, it's, you know they didn't come with me or anything, but I guess I'll save them anyways. Yeah. So. Also, this Count Viger, he's in the very beginning intro sequence where you're getting kicked out, and immediately you realize this guy's a bad guy. This guy's a big old prick. Oh yeah. Um. He. You, the minute you see him. <laughs> just radiates um, evil. <laughs> so Haven is split up um, in sections. There's parts of it that are safe. There's parts of it that are being attacked by metalheads and deathbots, which I'm pretty sure those are just like, you know, robots. Yeah, I think they're like security bots. Yeah. But you're just not supposed to be there. So when they see you, they attack you. Yes. Um, and then you start meeting up. With these weird creatures that are like, if I remember correctly, purpley, and they've got like tentacles and stuff. Um, but they're very kind of, very kind of, very kind of, very kind of. <laughs> um, they're metallic. They're like technology-looking alien weird things. Mm-hmm. Um, you use a precursor telescope. And that's when you see, like, this giant star that's up there. Some monk tells you it's, like, an omen. It's going to destroy us all or whatever. And when you look in the telescope, it turns out it's a a dark maker, which is just a precursor that has turned evil. Mm-hmm. And it looks like a evil space squid or something. Mm-hmm. I've played number three the least, so... You know, I was not prepared for this, <laughs> so um, that's on me. Um, but the only way to stop this uh, dark maker is to activate the planetary defense system at the core of the planet. Um, and so you have to defeat the metalheads and deathbots in Haven City to get down there to the planet's core because because you need to y- y- you, you gotta get to. the power or whatever yeah from the Earth's core. Um, and it it turns out, I I believe that that vigor vigor vi- well whatever mm-hmm. vagin guy, 
<laughs> um, that he was also trying to get to the core, um, but I don't remember why. I think he was trying to communicate with the thing. Yeah. Because he wanted to, like, get its power and become one or something. Mm-hmm. A lot of bad guys just wanted to become evil monsters in this. Yeah, I don't know why. A lot of villains always want to... I don't know, be the creature that destroys everything or release the destruction. Yeah. They want to become the eldritch monstrosity from, you know, lore or whatever. Yeah, but that, that if seems... you do that, you're also going to die. No, they're going to... why would you want to do that? Because they're going to live on forever as monster god. Yeah, I guess. Whatever. I don't know. It's honestly, a lot of games, a lot of movie stories in mm-hmm. general have a very... I don't know, un, <laughs> unsubtle version of this good versus evil thing. And especially in games like like this that are intended for somewhat, you know, middle age or younger audience, not children, but, you know, that teen era, kind of have to play with that level of simplicity because, <laughs> like, not saying teenagers are stupid. God, no, teenagers are as smart as anyone else. They're also a lot more likely to see the world in these stark contrasts so a lot of their media is formatted in the white and black and the good evil sort of dynamic Mm -hmm. rather than the grays that we see later on not 50 shades of them though so yeah that that, that's definitely a thing that you get from number three more so than number two or anything because number two it seems a lot more like there's a weird amount of political intrigue going on there's an evil count there's like his revolutionary daughter, there's an underground rebel faction, there's all this nonsense going on. Uh, but number three definitely, like, it got, becomes a little more destiny-based. Yeah. Like, number one had... You have to do this. <laughs> yeah. Like, number one is a bit... De- or number two is a little bit like, oh, you have a destiny because, like, you're in a time loop that you have to fulfill. Otherwise, you're not going to be able to do the thing you just did. But as... Other than that, like, that's sort of a self-made destiny. Mm-hmm. So that's, I don't know, more nuanced than number three. I don't think number three is bad. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying it's story because number one and two were so so much more connected to each other. Uh, it had to just kind of install a new evil and figure out a way to resolve that entire plot within itself. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, just big ancient evil coming. Someone's a, a dick and decides, oh, I'm going to be part of this team. Mm-hmm. And um, you have to beat him up. Forgot to mention that Sig was a spy for... Um, what's this place called again? Spargus. He was a spy for uh, Spargus to get more information on the Baron and um, Haven and everything that's going on there. Um, so he's from the Wasteland. Mm-hmm. Um which makes he, a whole lot of yeah, sense because of his, the way he looks. Yeah. Um, and so you go to the core. Um, Damas comes with you. Um, well, you're on your way to the core, and he comes with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you meet up with Viger, Viger again. Mm-hmm. Um, you are battling in a car in like one of those motor hovery things and at the end of the battle 
That one's just crushed. Yeah. And uh, I, I think he does die in this, right? Yeah. Because, like, while he's dying, he, like, drops a medallion or something. And Jack is, like, sad to see this guy die. Because, like, despite the fact that they've had some antagonistic behavior, the guy has so far been, like, hey, here's another job. Here's a new gig. Also, you're doing great, man. You're kicking ass, you know, whatever. Supporting him, even if he's being kind of a jerk sometimes. So Jack's like, yeah, you're a cool guy, whatever. And now he's dying, so he feels bad, and he's notices this thing, this medallion, and he's realizing it's the same as his own. Mm-hmm. And or the little kid. Yes, which I believe he's kept. Yeah. And uh, he realizes that through this medallion, this guy is linked to him, and through just a couple of conversation or a couple words, it realizes that's Jack's dad. Yeah. He says, uh, he tells him that he needs to find his, like, his, his dying words are, like, find my son. Mm-hmm. Um, but you realize, oh, shoot, I'm right here. <laughs> like, what up? <laughs> I can't tell you that because you're dead now, but uh, I'm going to beat up Be- Vega, whatever the heck. <laughs> yep. Vegan. Vegan? I'm going to beat up vegan now. I'm going to beat up the vegan. Oh, <laughs> uh, jeez. Yeah, it's, it's honestly really sad. Like, there hasn't really been a whole lot yeah, of, like. actually emotional. Yeah. And. Don't wrong. Number one and two were great, but there weren't really as many, like, kind of emotionally jarring moments. Mm-hmm. And this actually was pretty like, oh, damn. He was so close to finding his son. His, uh, ah, so just everything was so close and just didn't happen. And it was a little depressing. Yeah. Um, it's rough. It's rough to, to watch and to play. And when you find out that Vaggie is, um, he, he knew... <laughs> He knew that you were his son. You get really angry because he's the one who kidnapped you, basically, and took you to Haven City to start all this nonsense. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I don't recall what the final fight with him is, but I think a number of times throughout and in near this final section, you fight the your rival from the number two the the baron's right hand man he's come back mm-hmm. in this weird like mechanized half robot half man evil terminator thing yeah yeah um so um that happens but first the well the precursor tells you that when you get to the uh core they're like hey he's he's evolved into something not good <laughs> um this arrow arrow Errol is Errol. the name of the new cyborg man. Um, and then you... Atzels. That's what they're called. Atzels. What are they called? Isn't that what I was calling them? No, you're calling them ocelots, which Ocelot. I think is an actual animal. Yeah, I think that's... <laughs> <laughs> they're Atzels. Otter and something squirrel. Who knows? Um, definitely not a squirrel. <laughs> um, but you and... Vigor find out that the precursors are like the Wizard of Oz, mm-hmm. like the man behind the curtain, um, are just Otzels. Yeah, they they put on this big show because they're really technologically advanced, and make it seem like ah oh, we're these angelic energy beings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if people know we're just Otzels, they're not gonna like be scared of us yeah. or reverent of us. We're weasel people. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, and then, um, Vigor is turned into an Otzel. 
<laughs> and taken prisoner by them. And eventually he becomes, um, kind of not like the slave, but the assistant unwillingly to the guy who was giving you all these cars and stuff during the rest of the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and you, then you try to get into the spaceship. Oh yeah. Cause there's a bunch of weird aliens in there and yeah, yeah. I remember dying here a number of times actually. Uh, it should be noted that these games aren't particularly easy. Like, there's a lot of times where I just kept dying. <laughs> but I, I think that, you know, once in this area, I remember that uh, after you figure out, oh, the, the Otzels are the precursors, and Daxter's like, holy crap, I'm a precursor. <laughs> Isn't that so cool? <laughs> and, oh, yeah, his girlfriend, like... This is skipping to the end, but who cares? Yeah, we're his, already there. Yeah, his girlfriend gets turned into an otzel yeah, like yeah. him. Like, they could they could turn him back into his elfie self, but instead he just asks for pants. Yeah, and then his girlfriend decides to become an otzel, mm-hmm. and then they have otzel sex. I mean, probably. Ugh. It doesn't show you it. <laughs> it's a child's game. A yeah, teenager's um, game. But but yeah, that's, uh, that's the wrap-up to that long... And uh, yeah. emotionally satisfying story of Daxter and his girlfriend. Uh, Sig becomes leader of Spargus. Mm-hmm. Um, they offer you, Jack, a chance to go into space and travel around and do a bunch of adventures. Um, Daxter stays behind and... I think he runs the bar. Well, at, is... at the end, you're like... You think Jack has gone to space, but he actually shows up and he's like, I couldn't leave without you, Daxter. Aww. I love you. We have so many adventures ahead. Um, but yeah, he probably does run the bar. I'm going to be honest. I don't remember the final boss. It wasn't super memorable. Not as much so as like number one or two, but you fight him off and save the day and the precursors reward you with all these things with ja- uh, with Daxter's girlfriend becoming an ossel with a... Uh, Daxter getting pants for some reason with just the ability to travel the world or space. And uh, it just ends on a real cute note with uh, this scene of Jack and Daxter and their pals all gathered in the bar that that fat Jabba the Hutt motherfucker (laughs) used to own. Except they're in charge now and they're just living their best life. Yeah. Then there's Jack X, which we're not going to talk about. It's <laughs> well, a racing it's not, game. It's not bad. Um, it has a small plot of um, shoe crew. Crew had a daughter. Um, you meet up with her because she's reading his will, and apparently you're in it or something. And you all cheers and drink this liquid, which, I don't know, wine or whatever. But a hologram of crew shows up, and he's like, Ah, it's poison! <laughs> I need you all to win this race, and win the antidote, and, like, money or something. Um, and there's a lot of, like, mob stuff going on. I don't know, I've never played that one. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, that's basically the end of it all. Um, there is one more game, but we will not talk about it. <laughs> <clears throat> um, it wasn't made by Naughty Dog. It wasn't even on the PS2, it was on the PSP. Yeah, it it was animated really weird. Mm -hmm. 
different voice actors and stuff. It was just not good. You yeah. don't need to worry about it. <laughs> um, but Jack and Daxter is available on PlayStation 2, PlayStation 3, and like a value pack. And also, I believe, on PlayStation 4 in yeah. a value pack. Yeah. Um, it comes with all four of the games, of the main story-based games. Yeah. And uh, it's not bad. It's definitely maybe a little bit expensive for a one-time purchase, but like it's four games. Yeah, it's, it's pretty che- worth it's it. It's cheaper than buying each game separately. Yes. And it's, like I said, each of the games are genuinely really good. Mm-hmm. Minus the fourth one, which is okay. Yeah. But yeah, I, I honestly recommend it. If you haven't somehow played this game, which you might not have, if you're under the age of, I don't know, 20. <laughs> <laughs> so if you are the the person who hasn't played this game yet, uh, the, the cartoonish style of it and the fact that it has been touched up here and there for the PS3 and the PS4 releases means that even though it's old, it still looks pretty okay, and it plays pretty great. The camera is a little iffy, but that's just a <laughs> Naughty Dog thing. Yeah. Like, even in the un- uh, Uncharted games, which are, you know, a lot more recent, their camera work is craptastic, and that has not been, uh, that hasn't changed. It's been the same. Yeah. Oh, so what I've learned is that Jack and Dexter, Daxter, is... <laughs> Jack and Dexter? <laughs> They're gonna go to the lab? Is my probably my favorite game. I played it a lot, um, but also I don't know much about it. <laughs> I've realized. Well, at this point, you've played it so much, and it's like such a familiar thing that you play it on like muscle memory. Like yeah. it's a reflexive thing to play. You don't actually have to like get into it. You just relax and play. I Which suppose is, so. There's plenty of like, there's plenty of goodness in that <laughs> the the fact that you know you haven't paid attention in a in a very you know uh focused way in a while that's not great but it's yeah. not bad it's a it's a familiar doesn't place. make for the smoothest video or podcast that's all right because we have editing we can edit that out. That thing that you just did. You dabbed in the last video, <laughs> and you're going to come at me for that? <laughs> but that was basically a dab with finger guns. Which one is worse? I think the one with finger guns. <laughs> I'm offended you called it a dab. Anyways, uh, I basically gave my final summation. I think it's a great game, and you should go play it. Mm-hmm. What about you? Like, I know <clears throat> yeah. you're a little hung up on the fact that, you know, you don't remember it even though you play it pretty often. <laughs> But, Which is weird. <laughs> but despite that, genuinely, genuinely, what do you feel about this game? I think it's really good. I think the plot and the gameplay and stuff maybe was a little ahead of its time. Maybe it was better than a lot of other games made in that era. Um, it's definitely grouped in with Ratchet and Clank and Sly Cooper and all them. The mascot um, Which, games. if I had to <clears throat> rank from best to worst, I would definitely go Jack and Daxter, Ratchet and Clank, and then Sly Cooper. It depends on the title. Because one of the Sly... I think Sly Cooper 2 is way better than all of the Ratchet and Clank games. But I don't, in my... general, Ratchet and Clank was a little better than Sly <laughs> You know, this is an argument that we'll have off air. Yeah, let us know which one you like best. Um... <laughs> I would definitely tell people to play Jack and Daxter, especially if you want that um, childhood 90s vibe or if you just like older looking games. 
Um, it's definitely, especially the first one, is definitely, like, PG and, like, fine for kids to play. Mm-hmm. Um, if you don't like your kids playing games with guns and explosions, don't let them play the other two, I guess. Or just get over it. Like, it's fine. Um, yeah. Um, I would definitely recommend it. Hell yeah. Um, I also want to apologize for my lack of energy on this video and on the, the podcast today. Um... I don't know what it is. I'm just kind of tired and drained. I thought I was going to be good. Then we, like, halfway through the the episode, I just, like... It's all right. You, you, uh, it's your day off. Every other day you work with children. Like, it's, <laughs> it's stressful. It's draining. Luckily, uh... And it's just hot in here. Oh, yeah. It's so hot in this room. <laughs> Maybe one day, if, uh, you go to patreon.com and help us out with a little bit of, uh money we'll be able to get a better studio where it's a little more cool refreshing we can do this for a longer period of time and do even more videos about who knows what else a better backdrop you don't have to see our bathroom door <laughs> they don't even know it's the bathroom well they do now damn it but yeah we could have an entire private studio just for this if uh, we just get a little bit of help from everyone and anyone uh we would immensely appreciate it with every donation tier there's a little bit of reward for you uh, a $3 tier, we have the remixes that there's a pretty decently sized catalog. Not a whole lot has come out in quite some time due to the transition between Jess and Cooper as the co-host. But we're going to be working on trying to get a bundle of them out as soon as possible, maybe within the next month or so. We'll keep you informed on that. Um, the Tiramahia tabletop game is at almost a playable state that if once it is, we'll put into the $6 tier as a PDF that you can look at and have fun with. And, uh, you know, give us some feedback. Give us whatever. Let us know how you feel about that stuff. Beyond that, you get to recommend uh, demand episodes. You get to have us give self-promotions to the world. Give us a a letter to send to someone with our words. Or uh, be part of the show and join us via, I don't know, not Skype, because that's ancient and doesn't exist anymore, but Discord or something. And (laughs) (laughs) we'll talk about your favorite whatever and have a good time together uh if you don't have the ability to do that we understand because like i listen to loads of podcasts and i love a lot of them and i don't have the money to help them because i (laughs) don't have the money to help myself but i always try to go on itunes and give them reviews and we really appreciate if you did that for us just like any five stars (laughs) yes any five star review would be oh so helpful it moves us up in the ranks and Makes it more likely for us to get more attention from other people so that they know we exist. (laughs) (laughs) The more people know we exist, the more likely we'll get the more support from them. And you're basically doing the advertising for us. Mm -hmm. Uh, Other than that, you can go to Twitter at Cryptid Delta is our Twitter handle. And maybe tweet about the show. Talk about judging nerd culture. Make that a hashtag because we haven't because I don't know how to use Twitter. But do, you know, whatever you can to talk with us and help us out just a little bit. And we would be eternally grateful. Uh, but otherwise. This is it. Yeah. It's been really great talking about this nostalgia fuel, wonderful thing from the early 2000s. It's a great game. Go and play it. Yeah. Uh, let us know what you think. Hell Talk yeah. Talk to us. We would love, love for you guys to give us any sort of feedback. <laughs> There's a good bundle of you that do listen to what we say. And... Uh, we're more than happy to communicate with everyone. So uh, let us know. But that, that's it for us. Yeah. So bye. We love you.